Hi, and welcome to this month's Dharma Things podcast. On the podcast, I always aim to gather some people who've got wonderful experiences and inspiring life journeys to give you a little bit of motivation or insight or maybe some guidance for yourself through your own life journey. And this month, I'm joined by a man who has had a huge impact on me, even though mostly from the other side of the world, we had a very short time together. Um, And he also impacts an awful lot of other people that he comes into contact with. Um, He's a very sensitive and knowledgeable human being. Um, And he's a great teacher. And his name is Sadir Rishi. Hello, Sadir. Hi, Miss. <laughs> Namaste and good morning. Namaste and good morning. Um, so tell us where you are right now. Uh, I'm right now in south of India, near Chennai, near Pondicherry. This place is called Tiruvannamalai. It's very famous for a saint by name Ramana Maharshi who popularized Puyamai, the inquiry of Puyamai. So this is my place. I am here for the last, uh, me and my wife, we are here for the last 20 years or so. Yeah. Okay. And you and I actually met when I was a, I was your student. I came to study with you for my yoga teacher training. And we had many mornings doing meditation and pranayama and listening to your yoga philosophy and other philosophies sat in the mornings in the jungle. <laughs> yes, that was a nice time. I was teaching in Goa from 2014. So, so that's where we met. Yeah, yeah. I think it was 2018 we met. Um, so obviously the people who are listening to this don't... Um, know you unless they've read up on the few things that I put out on social media already. Um, so give us a just a, a short idea of where you came from and the things that happened to you, the things that ex- you experienced and the things that changed you to direct you to where you are right now doing what you do. Thank you, Miss for this opportunity for me to interact with you. I'm seeing you after a long time. That's very nice. Uh, And talking to you. And through this also, uh, talking to people whom you know, your students, your followers, and friends. Thanks for asking this question. So it will be a nice way of sharing because we all uh, uh, like to share whatever we have. Because life is all about uh, living, loving, sharing, interacting, relating. What else is there about life otherwise? (laughs) Uh, Basically, I was a mechanical engineer. I studied in everything in India, south of India. Uh, I did my mechanical engineering because uh, where I grew up, uh, we have only three professions. 
One is engineering, other is medicine, third one is law. So, <laughs> outside is not considered a study or profession. So, <laughs> expected to become one of them, otherwise we are a failure in life. That is how people look at it. <laughs> that was the time I grew up. So we, we don't have too many choices in terms of studies, otherwise the parents will become very unhappy and we want to make them happy. <laughs> mechanical engineering. I also went for my master's. I did my master of technology in quality, reliability, and operations research, two-year program. And then I started working in the Indian industry as a quality manager. And I also wanted to make money. I was typically career-oriented. Like anyone else, uh, quite ambitious. I went into finance, industrial finance. I was doing a financial course financial analysis because finally I wanted to shift into industrial finance and such things. I worked for uh, more than five years and that was the time uh, I was interested in yoga. This is something. I came into yoga because of asanas again. Uh, because one of my colleagues, he used to have a lot of uh, health issues like hyperacidity and all. Medicines didn't help him. We were all in our 20s, late 20s. I was maybe 23, 24 at the time. And he had uh, hyperacidity in medicines were not really helping. He went into yoga and yoga really helped. I was wondering how yoga can help acidity and things like that. I was curious. Somehow I was interested in uh, meditation. And I wanted to sit and meditate, but I could never sit and meditate because mind was distracted. Also, when I'm sitting cross-legged, there will be a back pain and legs will be numb and pins and needles and I was not comfortable. I thought, okay, let me go to this yoga, this yoga, because I don't know really what yoga was at the time. <laughs> I had a little bit of interest, so I did study philosophy a little bit, but uh, yoga, physically, I never did. We know about running around, you know, some of the exercises in gym, we know, but yoga, I didn't know. I went for yoga with the intention of uh, improving the health and sit for longer time. Uh, so I was doing yoga, but nothing more than that. But that was the time when my mother suddenly died of a heart attack. She was all right. She was healthy. She was only 60 or something. So it was not expected. So she... It was a sudden death. That really shook me. So I started having all existential questions about life. I was thinking one day I will also die uh, without understanding uh, the meaning and purpose of life. So why am I here? Am I here to make money if I suddenly die? What will I do with that? So this became very uh, pronounced. I could not focus on what I was doing. I lost all interest in my work. I lost interest in making money and growing in the career. I didn't have any responsibilities. I was the last in my family. My brothers were there. They were all married, having children, elder to me. And my father was getting his money. So I actually didn't have any responsibilities. And I thought, let me explore uh, these deeper questions. And in fact, there was no choice for me. It was very overwhelming for me. These questions were not allowing me to focus on anything. With great difficulty, I pulled on with the work for one more year. Somehow I pushed myself for one more year. 
but I understood I cannot focus anymore. So actually, I gave time. I'm a slow coach, always. When I look back, <laughs> I don't take very impulsive decisions any time, uh, but I do take decisions. So it was a thing. It went on for some time. One year, uh, it was a major decision. I was thinking about leaving everything to explore about five. But I was not clear what I should do, how to go about. So in this one year, I used to take leave from the work, go here and there, meet people, talk to them. So in the course of my travels and meeting with people, I happened to meet one, uh, one of the monks. And then that monk, and I had, when I had a discussion with the monk, he said, why don't you go full time into this pursuit? said, full time, how? What to do? He said, you leave your job and go, go and join some monastery. He said, is it possible? Uh, will they admit me? He said, yeah, why not? You are only 28 at the time. So I said, why not? You go, give up your job, go full time and eat. So that was like a, immediately the thought came, yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> but uh, why this thought didn't come to me? So, <laughs> interesting thought. This is very interesting. Let me pursue full time. But still, I didn't know further. So I took some more time to look into a little bit where to go, what to go. I was very idealistic. I wanted to uh, sort of go with the book. So what the enlightened masters were saying, exactly to follow uh, without any like cutting corner. So everyone said that you have to give up everything to uh, pursue these higher, uh, they call it as higher pursuit, understanding about life. An inner pursuit, higher pursuit is an inner pursuit. Like I'm trying to understand and find answers to my questions and I'm not trying to get any success outside. I'm not trying to build a business. I'm not trying to make money. I'm not trying to get connections. I'm not trying to become popular. So this is a different, completely a different journey. Mm -hmm. They say that you become a monk, you give up everything, give up your money, give up everything and then you can find answers. So... I really gave thought to it. I thought, okay, let me explore life. So I was explorative inside. Um, like any typical explorers, they want to explore. I wanted to explore about this. I thought, I don't lose much. Uh, somewhere deep down, I felt that this is one life. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, I will have many more lives. Somehow this feeling of reincarnation and all were there at the back of the mind. As a Hindu uh, religion, we believe in reincarnation. I thought in one next one life, let me experiment, explore, doesn't matter. So this is what uh, trying. So that is how I uh, gave up my job, dispersed my savings, gave to different donations and things like that. Some money was given back to my brother and all who spent on me. And uh, I asked permission to leave my job and become a monk from my father and brothers. They didn't agree. They said, this is crazy, you cannot do this at all, so I have to run away, I have to, without telling them, I resigned my job and then went and joined a monastery, a big monastery, I was there for two years, uh, like, you know, when we become a monk, we shave our head and we don't keep anything for ourselves, uh, completely, like we burned the boats, thought of burning the boats, so my studies, education, everything is now gone, it is of no use for me, so that is one complaint about my, with my father, they came and visited me in the monastery and they came to know that I joined. So they were crying and all that. And then one complaint of me was that you, you spent so many years studying 
and now you gave up all that that is of no use for you why did you study all those things if you were to become a monk <laughs> in plan for this i'm moving in life so i have to do this i have no choice so then two years i was in one monastery six years i was in another monastery i went back i went to rishikesh i was on the banks of the river for five months without a place to stay uh, literally on the bank of the river uh, five months begging my food in different places then i stayed in one uh, ashram uh, there they were teaching uh, different things before that i was against learning in a systematic way because i used to think that i can meditate and understand and things like that uh, because i did study a lot of translations in english so i thought uh, i understand because i studied a lot of books i read a lot of books um because i was a voracious reader i was reading lot of things so i thought that i don't need any guidance yeah but that actually changed after two and a half years of my staying in monasteries i understood i need guidance i need a proper systematic approach uh, to the whole thing and indian scriptures do that they have a pedagogy they have a very systematic approach of teaching provided we learn from people who already studied them So somebody has not studied at all and if they say that they are already enlightened or something in their teaching the teaching will be very erratic and not so systematic i understood this only after two and a half years of my full time being a monk uh, and then i uh, continued in this place swami dayanand ashram in rishikesh swami dayanand ji very internationally reputed teacher uh, he is no more there yeah, he left his body uh, four years before so he uh, he was the main teacher and there were a uh, couple of other teachers so i started studying under them the indian philosophy in a very systematic way learning sanskrit studying vedas every day we used to have two or three classes rest of the time we are free so we were given a uh, very extremely simple uh, lifestyle uh, free you don't need to pay anything for that but a very very simple uh, monk style of life uh, and we get a lot of time to contemplate so a lot of time we don't need to achieve anything we don't need to show anything to anyone so just you know grow your beard and and um, and just stay unknown like two years i was not in even contact with my family they don't know where i was they were really upset after two years when i contacted them that at least you inform where you are so that was a like a full time uh, pursuit i was there like that for 8 years uh, understood lot of things inside had insight about lot of things experienced uh, different things uh, it was a pretty intense uh, journey i was also pretty intense in the sense i won't accept anything easily uh, i don't like to believe anything if someone says you believe me i won't believe but if someone says luckily my teacher used to say don't believe anything but give benefit of doubt to the teacher subject to verification that means you be open minded i am telling you something you listen to me give a thought to it and then you can accept or reject yeah but you are closed inside if you say that no 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 this guy doesn't know anything if that is there inside then you will not listen mm-hmm. uh, so listen to it and then you uh, look into it deep don't go with any superstitions or just beliefs so it's both uh, sort of an inquiry way of uh, that the yeah. 
was a enquiry based. Uh, so I studied Bhagavad Gita, Upanishads, different uh, independent philosophical texts, not only yoga philosophy, but all other Indian philosophical system. Eight years is a long time, full time, nothing else to do. Uh, so it was pretty uh, good uh, process. After eight years, I could have continued as a mom, changed my robes to another color because as a mom, we have different uh, robes. So I could have changed, but I understood, I observed that I was developing a little bit of a, a monk ego. So we are monk, we are special, we are, uh, other people are ordinary people, I am special. I am yeah. Special. That was creeping in. So that is okay. I don't want this. I want to be a simple, normal being, but pursue these questions. Uh, that is when actually I met Veena in Rishikesh. She came there to study. She was into software and everything. She left her job. She was elsewhere seven years pursuing similar things. Mm -hmm. Happened to, to Rishikesh. We met there. I thought, I proposed. I said, let us get married. We can continue the same, but uh, in a normal way. Once you get married in the community of moms, they think we have fallen. So they, they, the word they use is you are a fallen mom because you got married. Okay. <laughs> I thought this is okay for me. Uh, so uh, we got married, but we continued this journey. One year we were in a boarding school teaching, like I was teaching mathematics, physics and other things. She was teaching computers. Uh, one year we were there, it was pretty too much involved with the children, not able to get any time to do what we were doing. So after one year, we left it and we came to this place where we are now, Tirunamalai, uh, and settled down, saying that let us pursue more deeper into it. For me, especially, I wanted to pursue deeper into emotions and the life of emotions, how the emotions arise, different emotions and feelings and the inner life. Uh, more because after I got married, I understood a lot of other emotions are there, which I was thinking as a monk, I didn't have. As mm -hmm. a monk, I didn't have anger. After I got married, I understood I had anger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing Vina isn't home right now. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a so I thought, let me look into them personally and work with different emotions. Uh, insecurity. Insecurity came up in a big way for me after I got married because we didn't have money and I'm not working. She's not working. And so as a monk, I can stay anywhere. Like as I mentioned, five months I was on the bank of the river, no problem for me. But after I got married, I cannot say, come, let us both stay under the tree. Not possible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So the insecurity came up in a big way. So I thought of working with each one of them instead of acting based on these emotions. So instead of acting based on my insecurity, I spent time looking at my insecurity, working with my insecurity, observing my insecurity, how this insecurity is coming from inside, what it is doing. It was a journey. So same thing with anger, same thing with uh, frustration, different emotions. So what... Uh, Stayed like this without working for uh, almost 12 years, another 12 years. So total eight plus 11 actually. So total 19 years, uh, literally I didn't do anything as a job. So only in 2014, 
suddenly i felt that i am too selfish working with myself for myself all the time in 19 years i haven't given anything to anybody i haven't shared anything with anyone uh, i thought suddenly i felt one day when actually i was meditating uh, in the ashram where which is very close to us i was meditating and suddenly this thought came to me that i am very selfish uh, not sharing before i was thinking that i am not ready i am not ready to share uh, but now i thought i am ready and also this is correct like mm-hmm. i do to share with others so i came out uh, of this meditation went home took my phone called one of my friend i said i am ready to now teach so they are already into yoga teaching and all this he said wonderful so i will try to get connected and then so he called a few people and they con- contacted me back and then i started teaching so this is my background so last 7 years i am sharing whatever little i know uh, to empower people yeah wow so for the rest of us who have spent like one month doing some teacher training and then going to teach you <laughs> you spent 19 years getting ready to teach so there's a considerable difference there <laughs> it happened to me yeah. it happened like that yeah <laughs> well what i want i mean i mean that in itself is a really inspiring that sounds like such a cliche to use that word inspiring but to understand how much time you've taken to understand yourself really that's a lesson for all of us about sort of not rushing into things and taking some time to observe these changes and understand them properly instead of wanting to constantly achieve some external goal i guess um and what i wanted you to talk about thinking about it, like external goals is after the huge subject that's been on everybody's minds and in everybody's life for the last year and a half or more um is having everybody uh, you know off work not at school not able to study in the usual connected communities etc because of covid restrictions and lockdown and I just wondered if you could spend the next say 20 to 30 minutes doing one of your satsang type talks around the idea of what is normal um and with this huge amount of experience that you've got of observing feelings and emotions and understanding them like how do we get to understand what we're facing now we're in this world that isn't normal and we're facing changes in a completely new dynamic to the way we are and the way that life is um so yeah off you go i'll leave it to you to talk again <laughs> contemporary uh, important topic important aspect because uh, definitely the covid has changed everything so in march 2020 none of us expected this so like one and a half years before when it started at least maybe some people expected i don't know uh, we never thought that it will go to 
the extent to which it has now uh, come into. Like one and a half years and still counting, still everything is not normal and we cannot say when everything will be normal. So what is meant by normal when we say, as you uh, raised the point? The thing is, uh, life is uncertain. Uh, everything is uncertain. Uncertainty is like everyone says this. Uncertainty is the only certain thing. We cannot really, really predict anything. Though we think we can predict, but we cannot really predict. So that is how things are. But that also is the beauty of the life. Just imagine if everything is uh, predictable and everything is, uh, if you know the script completely, then it will be not so interesting. It will be boring after a while. If we know exactly everything, the complete script, uh, you can't really enjoy. If you're going to a movie and if you know everything uh, before, you don't really enjoy the way you enjoy when you're watching a movie first time. Uh, so, so it's like that. Life uh, has that beauty because we don't know everything. Sometimes we wish we know. Uh, that is a different thing. We wish we know is different from actually if we know everything. So we don't know things. Like, to take any sports or any of the things, like surfing, you take surfing, uh, when people are surfing, uh, what makes it so interesting and uh, uh, what you call uh, exciting is uh, the uncertainty of the waves there. If everything is exactly the same, uh, after a few minutes, you lose interest. Uh, then you will look for somewhere else, okay, I will have to go to Portugal to do surfing because this is boring here. Because every wave is the same, it's not, it's very predictable. So unpredictability is not such a bad thing. Uncertainty is not so bad, but it is not so nice when things are not nice. When things are very uh, difficult, we don't enjoy them. That is what is happening now or happened already. In the last one and a half years, the last one and a half years have been really tough for, I think, everyone in the world maybe 1% exception uh, is there. 1 or 2% super rich. They are enjoying the life in the normal way which they used to do. Uh, but others are all, uh, they, are, they are in great difficulty. That's why the super rich and the top level politicians, they have no problem in these lockdowns and other things. They will make the rules, but they have no lockdown actually. They can travel anywhere in the world. They will do whatever they want to do. Only thing they have to show to the world that they are following these things, but actually they do whatever they want. This is a sad part of the uh, whole thing. So this one and a half years, we have to... Uh, I will give my perspective. See, whenever we are talking, we are coming uh, talking from our perspective. Some people may not accept our perspective. No problem. We don't need to accept. In fact, we are all unique and we do need to have our perspectives and we can still be like extremely good friends even when we uh, agree to disagree. We don't need to agree everything. People will have their opinions. What is wrong in it? About everything, about vaccinations or about uh, the restrictions, lockdowns and everything. We don't need to become angry. If someone, for example, I don't agree to restrictions. If, some, uh, if I criticize restrictions, someone comes and is angry with me that how can you criticize? So, 
are finally opinions. And anyway, the people who are farming these rules are not listening to us. They are doing whatever they want to do. So let us forget about that. This, these 18 months have really done a lot of uh, uh, damage to the mental well-being of the individual, much more than the physical harm. In my personal opinion, the mental well-being, psychological well-being has been affected in the last 18 months because of these restrictions. If you remember, first three months, people were extremely positive. People were positive. They were looking at it, uh, the restrictions as a necessity. They all wholeheartedly accepted these restrictions, barring some exceptions. And people were thinking, okay, this is an opportunity for us to be at home, um, though it may be some difficulty, with difficulty, but let us utilize it. So that's how people were doing some courses. They were trying to use the time to improve themselves and all that. But then these restrictions continued, extended, extended, extended. Mm -hmm. uh, so that has really children, especially not able to go to school for such a long time. So it's a, it has an enormous impact on the mental well-being, and there are no studies on that. So hardly any studies on how this whole, not pandemic, how the pandemic has been handled. What is the impact of that on the mental well-being, psychological well-being of people? Uh, we have no clue. But definitely, uh, it has affected. There is a lot of fear in the air, insecurity in the air. You can feel it. If you are very sensitive uh, and if you can just stay quiet in a sort of a meditative state, you can sense there is some sort of a fear and anxiety and disturbance in the air. You can experience it. So number of times I was getting a lot of disturbing thoughts and uh, lots of uh, anxiety and I was wondering where it is coming. It's there in the air. You, can, you cannot, if you are sitting in a room of smoke, you will experience smoke. So if you are clo sitting closer to the fire, you will experience heat. So if you are sitting in a room with people who are all you know, anxious and worried, you don't need to do anything. You will pick it up. If you are sensitive, you will pick it up. Just like a, the infection, uh, we pick it up. The vibrations, the energy. So it's there in the air. So what we need to do is to protect ourselves. So this is one thing which we need to uh, like do now. Things are slowly becoming more normal. So then there will be a new normal as everyone is talking about it. It's not the same. The world is not going to be exactly the same what it was pre-COVID. So post-COVID, there will be a new norm. There will be like this green pass and such things will come up. It won't be the same like traveling in Europe also. It won't be like, you know, the restrictions. Some form of things will be there. Some, some, it's not exactly the same. It's not going to be exactly, it's not going to come back to the same equilibrium, but it will be a new equilibrium. Uh, we need to get used to it. So my approach always has been do what needs to be done. This is one of my important uh, teachings. Is we do need we need to do what we need to do. That is dharma. The definition of dharma. When I am seeing dharma things, that came in my mind. What is dharma? One of the definitions dharma is uh, what is that I am supposed to do. What is the dharma of a mother? 
small baby is there, the dharma of that mother is to take care of the baby. The mother cannot say that I will leave the baby here and I want to go on backpacking all over the world. Uh, I am not bothered about the baby. No, sorry. Not, you are supposed to take care of the baby. That is your baby. So that is <laughs> your baby, as we say. So it's the So we need to do what we need to do. I am not much into I'm not, I'm not into any of the forums where we engage in discussions uh, which are of no use, no consequence. I'm not interested uh, to be on Twitter engaging in all these stupid discussions because it just wastes our time. End of the day, we are drained. It just drains the energy. If I'm engaged in discussion about uh, pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine or, uh, uh, or these restrictions and the way how the country should have been handled and all, it is just a waste of time. Then what is to be done? Let me focus on what I can do in this given situation. What best I can do. So we have a joke. I'll tell you a story. We have a joke. Probably you had it also. Two people were discussing. Two, two men, they were, they were talking, they were discussing. One man said, I take all uh, important decisions in my house. My wife takes all not so important decisions. So other man said, wow, oh, that is interesting. Like, can you give me some examples? So this man said, see, uh, which school our children should go? Uh, how much money we should spend on our uh, uh, household budget, uh, where we should go on vacation and how much we should spend on vacation, all such things my wife decides. Such uh, trivial things. I, I take all important decisions. Like what? Can you tell me like what? That, uh, who should be the president of our country? Who should be the uh, general secretary of United Nations? Now you can understand. So, this is what we, it's a joke, in the sense that this guy has no decision making in the house, that is the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm sitting here and talking how the country should have been handled and how the COVID restrictions should have been placed, no use, nobody is going to listen to me, nobody is listening to me. What is the use of writing on Twitter and wasting my time? Or getting engaged in some WhatsApp group or some other group and then forwarding all these nonsense messages is a waste of time and end of the day, I am drained. End of the day, I'm angry, upset, drained. Whereas I ask myself, what can I do best? I can do my yoga practice. I can do my meditation and I can do, okay, I want to spend some time. Okay, watch some movie. You want to watch some movies or you want to read on some novels which you wanted to read long back and you have not done it or some books you want to read. You can spend time in so many ways. Or you want to do some cooking, you want to learn cooking, now everything is available on YouTube. So different things can be done, which can be very nourishing, which can be very fulfilling, which we wanted to do for a long time, but haven't done it. This is, I feel, a thousand times better than other things. Because I have some friends who are uh, doing this, like they keep on forwarding messages. It's of no use. Uh, it's a it's a waste of time. 
So do what needs to be done. This is one. Second, we are responsible for our mental well-being. We are responsible for our peace. The media is not responsible. The media wants to sell news. They want to sell news. So they are creating news all the time. And I am, without my knowledge, I am getting carried away by them. Without my knowledge, I am being carried away because they know how to pull me in. So they have learned, they have mastered this. They have invested millions and billions to, they did research with billions to program us without our knowledge. Because for them, I am a consumer. So it is my, as a yoga student, it's my responsibility to protect my well-being. It is my protect my physical well-being and mental well-being. So I should not allow all the garbage to come into me. Like house, physically, for example, just think of it. My friend comes to my house. My friend gives a call, say that, can I come to you? Just I want to have a chat. Please come. I'm free. So I come, friend drops in. And he, when he comes, he came with a bag and he keeps it next to him. When he chatted and he's leaving without taking the bag. Then I say that, why are you leaving the bag? No, 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 it is a garbage. You can keep it. Come on, man. Take the garbage. I don't want your garbage <laughs> in my house. You are all dumping garbage into the, into the mind. Is it not my responsibility to take care of my inner well-being? So not allowing this garbage. And so the same thing. Here, we are responsible for our peace. Peace is very valuable. Joy is very valuable. So we should protect it uh, the way we protect money. So this is what I think we need to do. Now things are opening up. We should enjoy the freedom which is coming back to us. But internally, we are always free. So why should we? Physically, there will be these restrictions always. Something or the other keeps coming up. So we don't need to be overwhelmed by this. Uh, though we all need physical interaction, we would like to meet people and all, but now things are opening up. So let us utilize that. Uh, but remember, we need to remember that we have to ask this question all the time to us. Uh, what is that I can do? Really, not in terms of just, you know, unnecessary Without draining my energy, how can I empower myself? How can I nourish myself physically and mentally and psychologically? So this is uh, what I think is the responsibility of each individual to protect themselves. We have to save our skin. Uh, others are not interested in that. When we save our skin, we also help people around us. If I am peaceful, automatically people who live with me will get the benefit. I am not angry. I am a peaceful person. I am a happy person. It is also infectious. So people around me get it. So people, for example, my family members will be the first beneficiaries of my peace and joy. Then my friends. Then world at large. So not only I am helping myself, but I am also indirectly helping people around. So that is more... Uh, in the same way, you think of the other side. If I'm an angry person, upset, energy is drained, I'm irritated, uh, automatically my family members will be affected. My friends 
cannot get any inspiration from me, cannot get any support from me because my friend needs some help and I am a very frustrated person. Then what way a friend can rely on me? They cannot rely on my support or help. So this way, help yourself internally, then you will start helping others also. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I could sit and listen to you guide us on these things like all afternoon, really. Uh, <laughs> and I know we've probably reached time now. Um, so I know I could see you keeping your eye on the time. <laughs> we've been here before Westerdia's satsangs have gone on and on. <laughs> So you've got clear points there, everyone, on really like how to just how to navigate all these different feelings and sensations and emotions that are coming up. I think that's a really good story about the, the man and the wife of what his responsibilities are, because this stuff's been going on so long now with such big changes in life that people are are letting go of looking at nourishing themselves and are looking at how are we going to change the world but um like you said you can and, it, and it's probably been said before that you can only start to change the world when you've changed yourself no, not only that we can change the world if we get a chance for example if i'm in a position if i'm a counselor if i'm in a if i'm in a position where i can take decisions let me do it so for that i don't need to think now Things are clear, and we can do that. If we are given an opportunity to do changes, let us bring them in. Otherwise, yeah. why drain the energy in unnecessary debates? Yeah. And one phrase that I've known you to use quite a lot is uh, the joy is our nature. That's like your slogan, it's like your tagline. <laughs> And I guess this is the thing, isn't it? That people have to give space for and nourish that joy. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And then discover joy is our nature. Smile is, I, that is my tagline. Joy is my nature. Smile is my birthright. The birthright. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, it's been a wonderful hour almost with you. Um what um just give us a little bit to close about like what people around the world can do to engage with you and more of your teachings have you got any more of these online satsangs coming up i know you've done a couple that people can join on zoom yeah immediately there is no plan but my things will be uh, announced on the social media i am on facebook as sudhir rishi i'm on instagram uh, and we have the school, yoga school, Stira Yoga, Stira Yoga School. So I will announce the TikTok, uh, those platforms. Also, there are podcasts which I make, which are freely available. So you can people can visit the website stirayoga.com or follow me on the Facebook. Okay. So there I will be uh, announcing some of those things. Okay. And I also uh, answer people's questions. 
there are some people they are not my facebook friends but they write to me sometime on the facebook messenger or somewhere with their questions or they reply to the newsletter they may not be my friends on facebook or may not be following me on instagram if they have problems i do reach out okay okay i'll make sure that i put all this so on the yoga school part we have online courses we have everything starts opening up we have physical courses so next year i'm traveling to europe doing retreats and other things in summer yeah so you're going to come back to europe yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've done stuff in Sweden already, haven't you? Is it Sweden? Yeah, I've done two silent retreats and meditation courses in Sweden. Yeah. Next, next summer, we're planning in Greece and Sweden and Portugal. Already decided. Nice. Nice. I'll have to see if we can get you here in Copenhagen for a couple of days or Copenhagen something. Copenhagen is the best place. It's the happiest. Yeah place in the world i visited three times it's the most beautiful <laughs> happy a lot of cyclists oh god yeah lots of cyclists yeah crazy cyclists <laughs> okay we'll close the conversation then um thanks so much as always for your guidance and um I'll make sure that when I post the podcast onto our Instagram, that I will connect everybody to um, Sudhir himself and to Sudhir's school. So you can keep up with any of the courses if you want to dip into this mountain of knowledge anymore. <laughs> so thank you, Ms. thank you so much. Sudhir, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and to everyone that's listening, thank you for joining us again as well. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you've got any questions or anything, let me or Sadia know on the social media. And I will see you, or you will hear me rather, next month. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Wish you all a wonderful rest of the summer and autumn. <laughs> Thanks, Sadia.